Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday. You sound raspy. I'm a little raspy. You sound very raspy. You have it's, a good weekend there? It's good radio voice. Yeah, it is a very good radio. Do <laughs> you have a good weekend there? I had a wonderful weekend. Yes, you did. You had an eventful weekend. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. So what did you do on Saturday? Saturday, Evening. I did everything but watch college football, and it was the best thing that could have happened. <laughs> For everybody. For everybody. Yes, Saturday we celebrated my 10th wedding anniversary, which is actually on Wednesday, mm-hmm. but we said no one's going to come to a party on Wednesday, so so we partied it up on Saturday, and and I spared all my family and friends a lot of pain. Yes, you did. And suffering. Yes, you did. <laughs> no, and not only that, but, and then yesterday you went to the Dolphins And then game. yesterday was the Dolphins game. So that's where you lost your voice, it wasn't yes. on Saturday. It was not on Saturday. <laughs> it's the first time that I've lost my voice on a Sunday instead of a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, But it was fun. Oh, we'll talk a, about it in the second segment. What a game. So you, you, you uh, renewed your wedding vows on, on Saturday. You had all your family and friends together. And, and what was, I have to say, you know, because I was there, it was a very fun celebration. And um, how, I have to ask you, how did it feel to like get up there and, you know, it wasn't in this church that you got married, but yeah. to get up there and to look your wife in the eye and eyes and say almost the same words you said 10 it years was, ago. It was uh, like I was doing it for the first time all over again. Really? Were you nervous? No. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> come I on. Go, is she going to walk up the aisle? No, no, no. No, it was... And she it didn't was, walk up the aisle, no. But you walked out of the aisle. We walked down the aisle. Yeah, yeah, we walked out with an impromptu, in an impromptu play. Yeah, I, I, I kind of motioned to Lewis. Hey, I yeah. saw... I'm like, go, 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 go play the da, 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 da. Yeah. No, it was all, it was beautiful. And um, I mean, obviously to, to say those words and those words have such weight to them uh, and, and beautiful weight, you know, not, not just a, a burden, you know, Jesus says his, his burden is light. Uh, the, the weight that those words carry and, you know, we've spoken about it at length here on the podcast and, and beyond, you know, just what it means to say those vows, and, and not just to say it, but to live it, you know, and to be able to do that, you know, in the presence of all our family and friends who over these past 10 years have been, you know, such an incredible part of our life, not just because they're family, but because of everything that we've gone through and, and what the role that they've played uh, in, in all that. Anyway, and that's really why we wanted to do that, you know, to, to have a, a big party with everybody who, who means so much to us. Because we said, you know, we could go and, you know, travel the world and, and just do something where it's the two of us. It's know, time and, for that. And my bank account would have probably preferred that. But <laughs> 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 um, but we said, you know, it's, it, 10 years is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not, not many people make it to 10 anymore, I sadly. Said that this day and age, 10 years is, you know, that's, that's but, good. But, you know, 10 years, and in particular, these 10 years, you know, everything that Angie and I have, have had to live through, you know, the, the joys and the struggles and the heartbreak and the, and the overwhelming joy, which kind of surpasses it all. But our family and our friends, not just in the support they've given us, not just in their prayers, but really in the, in the example and the, the model that they've set for us, you know, because we're not, 
you know, Angie and I just learn from them. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing them live out their their Christian marriages, seeing them, you know, our family and friends live through their struggles, and kind of show us the way how to do this. You know, how to actually put this into practice. We said no. We we have to get, gather everyone together and and you know make a big deal out of it. So I, I, we, you know, I kept telling people. It, today the the vow renewal was about us, but the party was about all of us, you know, everyone. The the vow renewal was Angie and me, but the party afterwards was just a celebration. And of everybody had fun. everybody. Everybody had fun. It was it was a great night. I think it ended too early, but you know that's just me. Well, I mean, I told I love, you you could have paid the DJ for another hour. Yeah, he could have. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, there were, I mean, not that there were many people left, but you know, there were still people there. It, that, was, that, it was good, though. It was, it, good. It, was, it was fun. So I would have loved to have Angie on. I know she's working, but I would have loved to have Angie on this morning to, to go deeper into that because I mean, that's another episode we could do when when we have to do a filler and and can do it on the um, on Monday morning. But to just have you guys reflect on ten years of, of marriage and what makes a marriage work, what major, you know, what the, what are the pitfalls of marriage. You know, all you know, because I can't speak to it. Excuse me, as a priest, I could, I could speak to it from an outsider's point of view, but I can't speak to it in terms of from within. Yeah. And, and I mentioned it, you know, in the, in the speech that I gave at, at the reception that, you know, all the things that you, you know, you, those, those ten years, man, did you? Those are you know, it seemed like a you know a lifetime. Absolutely. That you lived ten years that, you know, so many joys, so many struggles, and you said so many heartbreaks, but. The joys outweigh everything else, and and to see you so in love after ten years, where where some people were just bored, you know, and and I have to say it. Yeah. Uh, so and and the word that I kept using was passion, because it just it doesn't just apply to 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 marriage; it applies to everything we do in life. And the passion the two of you bring to your marriage, and the marriage, the passion you two bring to any everything that you do, and 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 I said on behalf of everybody who was there is just an example and a model for for every one of us to follow so so yeah no it was it was great fun and you know it you know i was tired after the after the the party i mean the party at 11 i mean 11 o'clock i'm 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 settling down to watch the pack 10 yeah. you know after dark <laughs> game you know on a saturday night but uh but it wasn't around until like right before i celebrated my my first mass the next day that it really hit me man i'm tired you know it's also should have you know had a you know should have been more hydrated because you know it was, it was a lot of dancing involved. Yeah, but it, it gets warm in there. People still don't understand priest dance. Oh, the the looks on some people's faces. I, I'm I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I, after twenty years, I'm, I'm I'm looking at people. It's like, yeah, we dance. You know, Jesus went to wedding cane. Probably danced too. That's right. So I don't know if he danced salsa, but you know, uh, but no, people, that would be a sight to see right there. <laughs> Jesus dancing salsa. <laughs> Anyhow. But um, but no, it was. That was a great was, gospel for the for the occasion, right? <laughs> no, the gospel. I mean, here's what happened: is that originally we were supposed to do this as a separate mass, and then Jorge and Angie said, "No, no, let's do it five. That way we start party early, and you know, and it counts, and it counts, you know, and everybody's like, no, it would have counted if you know it was a Sunday, a Saturday evening mass.' Uh, but um, as as my first pastor would say, every mass counts. So, uh, we 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 gathered together for five o'clock, and you told me like what two months ago. You know the gospel for for that anniversary mass is Lazarus and the rich man. I'm like, all right. So you so you asked me who who do I relate to most, right? And no, I said, and I said the rich man crying out for mercy from the fires of hell. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh boy, you just, everything you just talked about beautifully about your wedding just went up, literally went up went up in flames. Um, no, so here here we have Lazarus and the rich man, and and I and, and originally I was going to focus more on the second reading, like I have the past couple of weeks, but. It's such a rich gospel, you know, no no pun intended, 
the this parable in which Jesus gives a name to one of the the, the, the protagonists. It doesn't do it yeah. in any of the gospels. Gives Lazarus a name. Lazarus means God's helps. And thank and, you for pointing that out. Yeah, I've heard this gospel repeatedly, and I'd never picked up on that mm-hmm. on that little nugget. Yeah, it mean, Lazarus means God. God helps, and so God helps those who who are poor, who are destitute, who are marginalized, who are abandoned, who are ignored, who are just cast out from society. And it doesn't have to be a poor man literally standing at the door of your of, of your house. It could be anyone. It could be the immigrant. It could be the homeless. It could be people, and and I and I even said it could be people around you that you ignore, people around you in church, people around you at work, people around you in school, people that you just basically ignore, and that's why I say who are, you know who are the Lazaruses in your life, because and I'll tell you as a priest there's, there's people that I know the years that I will spend in purgatory I'm I'm going to spend them. You know, because of people that I have ignored or people that I shy away from or people that I'm like, oh, this, here comes this person again with this particular problem or this particular, you know, and I and I confess this is one of my weakest, biggest flaws as a priest, that, you know, there are people that take up a lot of your time and, and you and you rather spend time on, on other trivial matters than deal with the person in front of you. And that's something that should apply to all of us, that we all have that person in our lives, it was like uh, some. So you see it on your on your phone. Oh, so and so is calling. You really don't want to pick up the phone. And yes, it could be something totally trivial, or it could be somebody something that they totally need. They need they need you. Right. They they need your help. They need your counsel. They need your friendship. And that's something that the rich men did not offer Lazarus, much less you know the the crumbs that fell off his table. So there's so much going on here, and it's not just about a poor man that was ignored, and yeah, and to the to the point of the rich man, I think we need to separate that from wealth as well, because reading that, the the reading the gospel, kind of looking at both ends of this story, the rich man, not necessarily because he's wealthy, it's more because he's comfortable. Yeah, and I I think that's a, a, a important distinction to make because you know as you were just talking, you know, we can ignore someone who needs help. Not because we're wealthy, but because we're comfortable. You know, I'd I'd rather spend time with, you know, with my friends. That doesn't mean that I'm I'm wealthy materially, uh, but I but I have that comfort level where yeah, that that is a richness in my life. You know, where a poor person, you know, someone in in death, a destitute person, someone with with no material wealth, may not have that comfort. You know, so so I think. You know, as we reflect on this, you know, to, to identify ourselves, you know, it, I think the temp- to get to the bottom of it, I think the temptation can be, you know, to make a distinction between ourselves and the rich man because maybe we're not materially wealthy, you know, but there are so many riches in our life that can lead us away from what we're supposed to be doing, and lead us away from God. Which I I, I briefly quoted a, an, a a reflection that. Pope Francis did years ago on on this gospel. He said, whenever material things, money, worldliness, become the center of our lives, they take hold of us, they possess us. We lose our very identity as human beings. Material things, his, the rich man's possessions, are his face. He has nothing else. This is what happens when we no longer remember God. 
if we don't think about God, everything ends up being about me and my comfort. So what you just mentioned, everything becomes about, okay, how am I comfortable? What is, now going back to that example I used earlier, is like, oh, I, I don't want to deal with this person because right now I'm comfortable in my right. office doing the things that I need to be doing and, right. and this person is interrupting me. Right. It reminds me many years ago of a seminarian who's now a priest who shall remain nameless. He was assigned to me for a pastoral year and this seminary is very organized and, and very structured, and God bless him, very disciplined. Now a priest also brings it to his priesthood. But it was still, he was still very young. And um, one morning, you know, he, he had a little office in the back of the, the offices, and, and, and he, was, he was there, and it was a Monday morning, and he was preparing his catechism class. He was teaching uh, confirmation for, for Thursday evening. And he was back there, and he was very, you know, you know setting up his, his class and and the phone kept ringing. People, you know, kept coming in, and so I'm in. I'm in my office, and I'm. And I'm. I don't know what I was doing. I was doing something else. He comes in and says, "Father, I'm trying to 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 prepare my catechism class for Thursday, and people keep interrupting me." Yep. And I look at him. And I go, "Dude, the priesthood is one interruption yep. <laughs> after another. Get used to it." And he, and, he, and he never forgot that. And I, I've never forgotten that either because it is. You know, I may have, you know, my schedule planned out and, you know, and the schedule is perfectly there. And, and while I may, it may not be a comfortable schedule, right. you know, at least I have some parameters to get through the day. But the schedule can be shot by, you know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning. And, and that's the life of a priest and life for many other people as well. Right. But when we, when we get out of our comfort zone, and God is constantly trying to get us out of our comfort zone, because we're not challenged there. That's something I mentioned about you, you and Angie on, on Saturday, is that you challenge each other. And in that challenging each other, you perfect each other. That's and that's what God is trying to do with us. He's trying to perfect the, the rich man, but he doesn't want to be perfected. He, he just wants to be comfortable. You, 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 the, the details that, he's, that Jesus uses, purple linens, purple, you know, purple robes symbolized royalty, wealth, fine linens. Dine sumptuously. I love that word. Mm -hmm. Each day, you know, someone who barely had breakfast this morning. It, it sounds wonderful, and so all those details bring him comfort. While Lazarus is just there, you know, sores, dog coming to lick the sores, longing to, to eat the scraps from the rich man's table. So the comfort we are taken out of it. That's where we encounter God. Not to saying that. We can't find comfort and peace in God. We can. But when we find comfort in other things, in the material possessions that, 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 that Pope Francis mentions, and then another thing that he says, material things, his possessions are his face. He has nothing else. So what I equated it to was, you know, we may not know the person, but we say, oh, there's that guy who, who drives the Maserati. Or there's that woman who, who always has those expensive Louis Vuitton purses or whatever you know, brand of purses, you know, I'm sure we'll be corrected on this later on, okay? There's that lady who, who and they're nameless. Right. You know, they are identified by their possession. There's a man that lives in the mansion, they're on Anastasia, okay? They're identified by their possessions and not by their face, yet God gives the poor a name. That's what's so unique about this parable in that Jesus... In, in the Gospel of Luke, Luke is always, you know, showing the preferential option to the poor, and he gives the poor a name. His name is Lazarus. 
you know, again, a beautiful detail that I'm sure many people are hearing for the first time. You know, the, the, that, that small but important detail that, that Jesus named him to, to really elevate him. And, and as you just said, give us point blank that contrast you know, where, where this poor man who has, who has nothing has a name in Jesus Christ and the rich man is just the rich man and could be anybody. Yeah, but then to kind of fast forward to the end of the story here, you know, because that's that's one element of the parable, but you know, then comes the clincher. You know, the poor man is is up in, in paradise with Abraham and the rich man is is crying out for mercy and, and you know the rich man says, you know, kind of realizing his mistakes says, Oh, you know, send go tell my brothers and sisters, you know, so that they don't fall into the same mistake that I've made and yeah, and essentially the answer is no, we're we're not gonna do that. You know, they have Abraham they have the prophets, the they prophets. have Abraham and the prophets. Moses and the prophets. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've got everything they need already. You know, and that beautiful line at the very end that, you know, send send a dead man, you know, right, raise a man from the dead to go tell them. And I said, No, if if they're not gonna listen to Abraham and the prophets Mo oh, excuse me, I keep thinking Abraham here. Uh if they're not gonna listen to Moses and the prophets they're not going to listen to a dead man risen from the dead. And again, that beautiful foreshadowing to Jesus Christ himself and how that parable continues to apply to us today because we have Jesus risen from the dead and yet we're still hesitant to follow, still hesitant to believe, still hesitant to you know, take all these lessons and take them to heart you know, and put them into practice. No, and, and, and sometimes we don't listen. To that man risen from the dead, and 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 that's a wonderful point. Now, to bring it up to and I and I at the twelve thirty mass yesterday, I had the Spanish mass and and I brought this point home. I did mention it briefly during during the five o'clock on Saturday, that you know, it's, like you said, it's not all about riches. We can't discount the richness, but yes, it's us ignoring the people around us, us just like the rich man ignored Lazarus. It's us ignoring the 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 nameless faces around us. And I and I said, okay. Do you ignore the people around you in mass? Do you ignore, or do you look around you and say, okay, there, there's that, that that family with the kids, or or there's that old lady that's always looking cross over there at the, at, you know, that that sits by the the Virgin Mary statue. I'm not talking about anybody in particular. <laughs> um, I, I had to I had to mention that because I, I motioned towards, you know, towards the, the section in front of the Blessed Mother. I go, I don't know, there's that old lady that sits over there that airs looks cross. I'm like, no, I'm not talking about anybody over there. See, but Father, but even that. You know, oh, there's that family yeah. with the kids. You know, they have a name. They have a name. And so, so do we make the effort to say, oh, there's that family with those kids who are really loud and obnoxious, you know, especially the little two-and-a-half-year-old boy who runs around all, the, all day long. <laughs> yeah. What's his name? I, I don't know who I'm talking about yeah. here. You know, but, okay, fine. Am I going to take the time you know, to get out of my comfort level and say, you know, what's your name? I see you every Sunday, mm -hmm. you know, and I know you've got your hands full, but I'm glad you're here. You know, or or there's that lady who gives me a dirty look. You know, am I gonna? <laughs> do I take the time to say, to go introduce myself and and learn her name? You know, because she has a name. She's not just defined by that one thing. And, and this is a gospel that so challenges me because I mean, in terms of the, of the name nameless uh, thing, because I'm so terrible with names. Me too. I'm I awful mean, here names. I am, three and a half years into <laughs> into my pastorate here, and and and. And I use the excuse, okay, I was I started off, and then <clears throat> nine months in, 
pandemic hit, everybody disappeared. When they came back, they came up with masks, so I couldn't really connect the name of the face. But it's people that I see every day. And and at this point, it's just embarrassing to go up to somebody and say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know your name. <laughs> I mean, so yesterday, a lovely lady comes up to me after mass who I see every Sunday and sometimes I see during daily mass. And she comes to, to compliment me on the bulletin column that I wrote about joy. A beautiful column. If you haven't read it, please go online Look at the column, read it. It's a wonderful column that I, I was stumped last week. I wrote about joy. Uh, it's beautiful. Next week's column, uh, maybe not as nice. You said... Beautiful in, in a different way. It, it is. Respect Life Sunday's coming up. And it, yes, we still are celebrating Respect Life Sunday, but I digress. So she comes up to me to say, Father, it's so good because it, you know it's such a joy. And I mentioned about we should walk into church and feel joy. We should feel it should be a joyful atmosphere. People should walk into our church and say, wow, this is a joyful community. And I really do believe that it is a joyful community. And, and I was talking about, you know, all the children that have come back to Mass after summer vacation and, and how our Masses are filled with children, how, and that brings joy and life to the parish. She goes, and Father, she goes, you're so right, because here I was, I'm celebrating Mass and and then the and, you know this is after the ten thirty mass and I go that beautiful big French family comes up and and, and sits next to us and they were, they were so beautiful. The thing is that she didn't know their names. Right. I mean, I know their names, you know, because I baptize their their youngest child, and but you know and but I, there's so many people who I see every single day and it, and it's as embarrassing for me to admit as a pastor that it's because at this point it is even more embarrassing to come up to say. I'm sorry, I see you every day here at Mass, <laughs> and I don't know your name. And they're like, I mean, everybody knows my name because it's on the bulletin cover. It's, you know, they announce it before Mass. But, you know, that's why it's like, in, in, I, there used to be, an, and in some places they still do it. In my last parish they did it, you know, where they said, uh, you know, let us, you know, let's greet each other before Mass, kind of like a sign of peace before right. Mass to right. say, it, it was, sometimes it was like, eh, because People were scattered throughout the church, and it was just like you got a little half half half-ass Miss America wave, you know, towards people that were thirty feet from you. Mm -hmm. uh, it wouldn't work here, a little flower. But there's people that sit around us that we see at mass every Sunday, that we worship with, and we have this intimate communion with because we just receive the body of Christ in communion. So we should form that body of Christ. So I guess to dovetail into the the column that I wrote. You know, reach out to the people around you. Get to know them. Share the joy of Jesus Christ with them. So they're not just these nameless faces that are around you that we just happen to go to church with. Because, listen, I bet you anything that people who have season tickets to the Heat or the Marlins or the who has tickets to the Marlins? I mean, or to the Dolphins and to <laughs> and to and to the and to the Canes. They know the names of the people who sit next to them every every Saturday, every Sunday at these football games. They do. You know, why can't we learn them for the people who sit around us at church? We basically sit around in the same place for the most part. We sit around the same people at church. Mm -hmm. So that's what this gospel kind of it challenges us in so many different ways. But we cannot discount the, the, the most important thing. And that is our Lord and St. Luke's, in the importance they place on us recognizing and taking care of the poor. And that is something that we have to challenge ourselves on, that it's not just, 
I mentioned this last week, it's not just about bringing a can of food every every second Tuesday to the church to feed the homeless at the Miami Rescue Mission. It needs to go beyond that. You know, that that's the primary thing. You know, we're, we're, we're really breaking it down into how it applies to us here because we are in a parish that does not have to deal with poverty, that none of our parishioners are in poverty, but we need, just because we're blessed in that aspect doesn't mean that we can't ignore the poverty that exists not around the world, just here in our city, in, in, in South Florida. Yeah, yeah and, and I think that's a beautiful tie-in to the second reading. You know, and we didn't really get into it too much. We don't usually get it. I mean, sometimes you, you preach more on the second reading than, I, I, I than the gospel. Um, but when I was doing the bulletin, I couldn't find anything good for the bulletin. We, we, we had trouble with the bulletin this weekend. So, so I created just an image using the, the first line from the second reading. You know, and really, if, if we look at the challenge of the gospel and then we turn to the second reading, it, we've, we've got the game plan right there. You know, because pursue righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, gentleness. And then one of my favorite lines, you know, compete well for the faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're a competitive person. I'm a competitive person. <laughs> you know, and we get so competitive over stupidity sometimes. You know, just because that's who. But tell them about our vacation <laughs> competition. So people understand how petty the two of us are. So anytime one of us go, I can't believe we're, we're going to yeah. admit to this on air mm-hmm. in, in recording for eternity here. Mm-hmm. Anytime one of us goes on vacation, we have a competition. It's like a stare down. Yeah, of, uh, of not communicating with each other. So, so it's, and who's going to be the first who's one? Who's going to be the first one to, to you know, send the first message? Yeah, and when does vacation technically end so that we can start messaging <laughs> It's so stupid. It is stupid. Like, it could be something like, did you see that sport, which is what's, what our text usually, did you see that incredible play in that sporting event? Or so if, if there's a no-hitter during a vacation. No, no, but, no but, that, no, but that applies even when we're not on vacation. <laughs> we, don't, we don't text each other, period. You know, it's like, you don't even make mention of it. Don't even say, turn no, on but the once, TV. Okay, but once it happens, do, do, we, do you acknowledge it? <laughs> no, that, yes, but I'm saying, but, but here's the point we're talking about pettiness, is that, you know, compete well for the faith. You know, this is just Jorge and Father being just stupid yeah. children. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, and you know, that's you and me. But but we get so com- we in in general, just all of us, are so competitive over these silly little things. You know, even going to Top Golf, where it's just you know having some fun out there. You know, the little competitive nature comes out, and and you're looking at each other's scores, and you know, and and you're just out there, you know hitting golf balls for fun, but the competitiveness comes out. So do we translate that you know, to the way we live our faith? Jorge beat me in golf yeah. for the first time this summer, and the last time we played, I'm on a beat, two-game beat, win streak. Yeah, he's beaten me by one stroke. <laughs> and it's and we haven't played since the beginning of August, yeah. which is killing me. Yeah, uh, and again, the, the, the danger here, the, the, sec, the, you know, the second edge of the sword, is, is not to compare yourself and, and compete with how other people are living their faith because ultimately you know what we're what I'm going through as an individual is not necessarily what someone else is going through and I have you know my gifts and and my talents and my blessings and and my graces but do I take that and r- literally run with it you know, do I com- do I do I take that and be competitive with myself to say you know I'm going to pursue righteousness devotion faith love patience and gentleness and do it better today than I did it yesterday. Um, it's very interesting you mentioned 
there, there, there is a, a very deep connection between the second reading and the gospel. The second reading is from 1 Timothy 6, uh, verses 11 through, I want to say, 16. And the, the section, at least in the New American Bible, I'm looking at it right now, is called False Teaching and True Wealth. So right before the second reading begins, I want to just read um, uh, the, the, three, the, 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 previous, the three or four verses be, that come before the first reading. Uh, for we brought nothing into the world, just as we shall not be able to take anything out of it. That was this morning's first reading from Job. Naked I came into this world, naked I come out. Blessed, you know, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But St. Paul continues to Timothy. If we have food and clothing, we shall be content with that. For who, for those who want to be rich are falling into temptation and into a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evils, and some people, in their desire to have it, strayed from the faith and have pierced themselves with many pains. Okay, then St. Paul was where we pick up. But you, man of God, avoid all this and pursue righteousness, devotion, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. So, you know, it, just so you know, inside liturgy here, the first and first reading in the gospel is always related. Second reading, we just take the second reading and, and say, we're going to read St. Timothy for the next four weeks. Right. And that's what we do. And that's what we've been doing. But this one, if they would have... If you really want to tie it into the gospel, they really should have used those first. I'm not I'm telling the Vatican how to form their <laughs> lectionary, but those three verses before, yep. because we take away, avoid all this. We just say, man of God, pursue this. Right. Kind of go dot, dot, dot. Because for the love of money is the root of all evils, and some people in their desire for it have strayed from the faith and have pierced themselves, their lives, pierced themselves with many pains. Because you see people that have so much but are so miserable mm -hmm. that don't know what else to do because they've achieved this, you know, this great success. And sometimes it was, you know, sometimes it was something that they worked very hard to get, but they're defined by their possessions. Right. So another question that I posed in my homily is, okay, so what happens if, we're dispossessed of everything. If everything is taken from us, you know, we're lucky, knock on wood, at least here in Miami, that we, we thought, you know, late last week that we may have a hurricane approaching us this week. And a hurricane can come and literally wipe everything away in a span of a few hours. Or let's take it something a little more personal to the two of us, that our parents left Cuba mm -hmm. and left with nothing except what was in their pockets. If they were allowed to take what was in their mm -hmm. pockets. And everything was taken, not only the, their possessions, but their homeland was taken away from them. I, I, also, I sometimes use the, the, the example of Pope Francis, who you know, traveled to Rome from Argentina to go to the conclave in 2013. And when he's elected pope, you know, didn't bother to say, okay, go, go fetch my things, go right. fetch all my books. And all. I think all he brought was, I mean, he brought two or three things, but I know one of them was his little image of Our Lady of Luján, the, the patroness of, of Argentina. But... He's like, no, that, that's over with. You know, pretty much. He's a pope. He has everything he needs right there. But I'm thinking about all the possessions and all the stuff that we accumulate. I mean, Jorge, what's going on in my office right now? Ah, your, your birthday explosion. Yeah, I know. So it was last <laughs> week. And I mean, God bless the people of God. And God bless you know, our school children and our school teachers who 
decorate my office and at some point I have to take it down so I could meet with people in my office yeah. and I look like a fool. But it's like, okay, people bring me stuff and it's like, you know, if it's edible stuff, great. But it's like when they bring me more stuff, it's like, and, and Father Andrew and I were talking about that last week in that he's only moved once as a priest. It's his second assignment. And he had to bring so many things. And I told him, child, you know, wait until you move eight times like mm-hmm. I have and see how many U-Hauls. And I didn't, I've never rented a U-Haul, but how many trips you have to make in your dad's truck to bring things. So, yep. But are we defined by all those possessions? Because looking at the Pope's example, you know, if I had to, you know, God forbid, if I had to leave right now and say, can't take anything with you, you know, really the only thing we need is God at the end of the day. And these virtues that St. Paul spells out for Timothy. It's tricky. It's tricky. It's very a, tricky. It's a fine line because I mean obviously we're not we're not sitting here, you know, advocating for you to, you know, go and destroy everything and get rid of it all and, you know, sleep on the floor and you know yes, God wants us to be God wants us to be happy and and it's it's good to be comfortable. But that fine line is you know, do do we become defined by it? Does that take away? Does that become the guiding principle, or is it just you know we happen to be blessed with these things and that's wonderful to have? But you know, I'm still pursuing these virtues, and and and, and my faith is the first and, and most important thing. And and that goes to and, and I'm just thinking out loud here. And and you know, just a, a quick aside because mm-hmm. I know so many. Very wealthy people who are incredibly generous, yes, and incredibly absolutely. faith-filled, and incredibly good and kind, and and totally giving. Of I themselves. mean, you unless you get to know them, you wouldn't even know the the, the incredible wealth they have. No, that, that, and they because, don't live in, in huge mansions or yeah. they're driving totally out absurdly expensive yeah. cars. But I was going to say this as I'm thinking out loud: Does God really want? I mean. Does God really want us to be comfortable? I mean, he does. Obviously, he wants what's best for us. But the spiritual life, you know, should, you know, should not make us comfortable. You know, I've talked about the spiritual directors and confessors over the years and retreat masters and that. When we get complacent, when we get comfortable in the spiritual life, then we we don't advance in it. We, We, you know... Our hearts are meant to be restless, as St. Augustine would, said, would say, because we're still not in full communion with our Lord until we get into the beatific vision in heaven. So, yes, we, we want to be comfortable in terms of like our family life and, 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 be, and, and realize the blessings we had to that and to bring it full circle to what we started the podcast with. You know, something I mentioned to you and Angie on, on, on Saturday night is that Neither of you let each other get complacent in your marriage, nor do you let any of your friends or your pastor get complacent Definitely not. In, anything that you, <laughs> in anything that we do. Because your passion for life and your passion for perfection, your passion for fighting for what is right or, or, or for doing things correctly is so intense that we cannot get complacent. So beware of comfort in the spiritual life. God is constantly moving us in other directions. The Spirit is constantly moving us in other directions. So do not let yourself be complacent. Do not let yourself be comfortable as the rich man was, who was just there and ignored 
the people around them because at the end of the day, we have to be, because listen, we, I was talking about people in church, people at your jobs, people around you, but it could also happen with people in your family that you just totally ignore. And it can be people that are right next to you right now that, yeah, okay, I, I'm acknowledging them, but am I really engaging them? Am I really interacting with them or just going through life, just going through the motions? And just so I could be comfortable, just so I don't offend, just so I don't, you know, do the things that may make me feel uncomfortable. No, you have to fight for things. Just like you fight for a marriage, you fight for family life, you fight for your church, you fight for your faith, you fight for everything. You fight for God. And that's why, you know, St. Timothy is told, compete well for the faith. So compete well. Don't be complacent. Don't be comfortable like the rich man. Look where he ends up. And the one who was ignored, he's the one that's taken up by the angels up into heaven. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! The you, baby! The you, baby! Yeah! Whoa! Whoa! We need a running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's yeah, a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? Victory Monday. For yep. one of our teams. No, no, no. No, no, no we're talking with the Dolphins. Oh. Yep, the only the thing that happened Saturday... Was, was the anniversary party. Yeah. party. I was trying to be empathetic for you. That's one of the words I'm working on, virtues and values, empathetic. So I'm empathizing with you. That's All right. right. I'm, so I'm, 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 I'm going to cede the floor to the two of you who were present in the building. I'm allowed back, the, baby. I'm allowed back. You know, we thought that last yeah. week's game was, was one of the great Dolphin victories yeah. yesterday. You know, beating the Bills after losing them seven times in a row. Um, but I cede the floor to the two of you who were there, Ashley. Talk to me. So before this week, I George let us know that he was going to the Dolphins game, and George is not a regular at the Dolphins. He's a regular at the Hard Rock, but not for the Dolphins. Yep. So I had to tell George, George, if for some reason the Dolphins do lose this week, you are banned from the Hard Rock from the Dolphins. Now, to which I replied, why would you even think that would happen? But that's beside <laughs> the point. So you are welcome back into the house. All right. No, I think we need to do a collection where it could be there every game. I, we, Let's we go. make that happen. All right, to our loyal so, listeners, if, uh, if you want to start sponsoring... You know, if you want to send George uh, tickets, you know, you know he's available on Sundays. I'm not. Yeah. You know? No. So what happened? So yesterday, well, the Bills fans travel well. We know that. Oh, They're, that was crazy. They travel well. The and I was right, well. right in the thick of it because I was. You, you were, you were, you were. Close I was on that to, corner. You were, you were in the corner, close to the sideline. So yeah. we knew. You know, we saw the tweets coming down that they're filling up planes, and a lot of them do live here. So we knew they were going to show up. And I'd say, like you said, about ten thousand were there. Easily. Do they really? Because I lived in Northern they Broward. Do. I mean, I saw a lot of Patriots fans when the Patriots are good. Yeah. And a lot of Jets fans, a lot of New Yorkers, but Bills fans. It was there were a few and far they're between. They're making their mark even because LA, they're good they now. Up. Now yeah. they're bringing. They're taking their head, kind of like dolphin fans, taking their heads out of their sand, the sand because you know we're relevant okay, again, and yeah. so are they. So they showed up. You know, we started seeing the pictures. They were at the elbow room. They were in South Beach, so we knew that they were going to show up. So did anyone hit you up to like for like advice on your on your other website for accommodations? Oh, or? I would I would go tell them to stay in the Everglades. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad no, no. You know, I do have some great Bills fans, but uh, you know, they they just you know do their own thing. So at the Hard Rock yesterday. It was hot, right? I'm not going to lie. When people say... September, the hard rock. Go figure. It's hot. So 
Bills fans, you know, going crazy when they come out and everything. But we were excited, Dolphin fans. We, um, I, I, for one, was still really hype after last week's win against the Ravens. I was still on cloud nine. So I don't know what cloud. I don't know what's above cloud nine. I'm in cloud <laughs> heaven right now. Um, but the atmosphere is great. Dolphin fans, I can, George, I don't know, compared to a UM game, but it was the loudest. Oh, it was. I mean, as soon as, as soon as Angie and I sat down. Notre Dame game type. But we, I wasn't there for that one. Oh, you weren't at the Notre Dame no. game. Virginia Tech game, were you at the week before? No. I was okay. in Virginia Tech. I was, at the, Notre, I was at the Notre Dame game, and that's the closest we got to the Orange Bowl. Now, yeah. I've but, been but on the sidelines. When we, when we sat down, the, the what struck us uh-huh. was just the all the way to the, all the, the, way to humanity. the, you're the used, rafters. You're not, you're not used to seeing that at UM games. All the way to the unless roof it's FSU. was just packed. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know the last time I saw this. That that stadium it was the second biggest like crowd that. since they renovated the stadium. Is that what they said? Mm-hmm. So yeah. the I could hear it through the TV that the there was a couple of games and I say only a couple because it was some lean years there when mm-hmm. I was the chaplain that I remember there was a Patriots game late towards the year that we were really you know fighting to get into the playoffs and they came down here and the Patriots you know owned us that's when we really started the Patriots you know our dominance over the Patriots here at home. Yeah. And I remember Coach Rubin put a, a quote from Pat Riley. I forget the, the quote. I have it somewhere, that quote, in a, in a folder somewhere, at everybody's locker. And it was just, everybody just ran through a wall, and, and that game wow. ended. I remember that game ended on a Michael Thomas, uh, who had just been called up from a practice, just had been signed that week, ended on him. You know, Dr- Brady's driving down the field. I remember st- standing next to Mike Pouncey, and Mike Pouncey looked at me. I've seen this movie before. He's driving that we're leading, yeah. but Brady's yep. dri- driving down the field, and then Brady throws it into the end zone. Michael Thomas intercepts it, and that place just Went erupts. Crazy. And I remember that no, I still remember that noise. Yeah, but I can't imagine what the noise must have been when the crazy. clock hit triple zeros because oh. the way that game ended, it was so fluke. It was so weird. It wasn't fluky. It, I mean, not fluke. No, no, no. But it, you're sounding like the happened. the Bills. The Bills are saying, "Oh, the Dolphins won on a fluke because, or because of the uh, the of the sun." I mean, Hello, they've been well, playing here in September again, for 50 I was, years. I was at the. I was literally surrounded by Bills. I'm, my wife was about to pick a fight with this guy sitting in oh, front no. of us because Angie. Angie never picks a fight with oh, anybody. Oh no, that intensity that you talked about, yeah, it was on full display. No, not Angie. <laughs> she didn't. I we we held her back. We. But oh, no. I, I mean, he was he was obnoxious. He he took defeat graciously, but he was, during the game itself he was pretty obnoxious. But Ugh. on that fourth down play, and they're they're on the other end zone, so we're like the fourth down that Josh Allen that, threw it in the ground, spiked yeah. into the yeah. ground pretty yeah. much. Yeah. He, his hand was something something was on I his mean, hand. The place went nuts, and the Bills fans started streaming out. Yeah, yeah. And the game wasn't over. I know, but but they started streaming out. We're going crazy. You know when we. Threw the pass on third down in the end zone, and it stopped the clock. Yep, I'm going. Oh no way, Trouble. no way. And then comes and then the butt punt, the butt <laughs> kick what should we, be on the. We said it, we it should it? be on. The, it no, the, it's the butt, the butt punt. punt. The butt it's punt. The butt punt. The butt punt. It happened on the opposite end zone, so we didn't see it. So yeah. you were. He was I on the opposite was, end zone. You know, you were I on was the on your end zone, you were but by other us. corner. Yeah, you were. So we thought it up. was a block, like a Bills fan. We didn't know mm. it came off the the, the hind. It came up, the but hind. they didn't show the they didn't show the the, the replay. Yeah, no, after the after, when they showed the replay, we saw everybody it, saw it, and you could t- totally see oh, the ball hitting. Uh, I forget uh, 14's uh, backside, <laughs> and even Sharman got in on the action. Yeah. <laughs> to tell you the truth, but uh, uh, thank God we won the game because that would have been a very dolphin way to lose. After that safety. Could have been recovered for a yeah, touchdown. Yes. That, that as crazy as that stadium got on the fourth, it just went 
But that's the beauty quiet. of sports. That's and the just beauty the, of sports. The nervousness and the the and just Josh the intensity Allen, of that now, moment. Yeah. To, to, more, to the punter's credit, oh, he, he boomed that. I have never seen ball. a free kick that go that he, the guy fielded it at the nine oh, eight yeah, nine no, yard he line. He ripped it. He ripped it. I mean, and it was it was got out at the twenty. But can I say something about Josh Allen? Um, oh, careful. No, no, no. <laughs> but here. We, we've suffered through Brady for 20 years, and then we got rid of then Josh Allen. But it is such a joy to watch that man play football. Yeah. He, he plays amazing. it with reckless abandon. Oh, yeah. He plays it with intense passion. With hearts. With heart, and, and he's a cheat code. There, there were times on, on the last play of the game, we had him surrounded. How he got out of that sack. He's an awesome quarterback. And the thing is that... Because we had him surrounded, yeah. because he had to scramble, he had to find the first open receiver. The open receiver was in the middle of the field yep. and should have made a beeline to the, instead of trying, he could have gone directly towards the sideline, run mm-hmm. perpendicular, you know, you know, straight to the sideline. Said he tries to get three or four more yards, it would have been meaningless yeah. yep. instead of going out of bounds. And Although the replay, I saw the, he went. He was tackled about a yard short of the kicker's career long. Yes, you know, he was. They mark it. He was. So I get, I get. He was trying to no, get and, him close to that. And line, the guy had but. missed someone already, so it wasn't a given. No. Mm-hmm. But you get out of bounds, and because even if you don't want to kick it, at least you give Allen a chance to throw a hail mary. But yeah. that, that's what I say. The placements have gone insane because oh, the I'm down. And the now I have, was. I have, <laughs> you know, so. I was looking at the clock, and I'm, st- I mean, the last two minutes, I'm standing in my living room. We all were. We, we I'm sit. standing in my we living room, sit. and I'm pacing. I called Father <laughs> Willie. And I, I, and I, I, think, I think it actually took the stadium a second to realize, like, oh, the clock is still going. Yeah. No, no. I, I, you called Father Willie, though? No, I called Father Willie, and he wouldn't answer after the game. Oh. At half an hour, he wouldn't answer the phone because he was, and I, I, CJ and Carly were listening, we were watching it with him. Mm-hmm. He goes, no, he's still pacing. He was pacing. He was pacing the entire. Really? No, because but that's how I was. We all were. When, we were when pacing I, our seats. When I was we on the, I was always seats. thinking that what if I was still the chaplain, you know, how would I react if we ever made the playoffs and made the Super Bowl? You would have dropped to your knees and started praising no, and everything. No, 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 no. It's that at, you get nervous. I mean, even on meaningless. Yeah. You know, when we're at it, but still, everything you, you're so invested into the game that you pace up and down the sideline. So it took me a good two years. To finally sit down and enjoy a game, because <laughs> oh, no. I would watch the game. You guys, my parents, I would watch the game standing up. Yeah, because I was, was that's what I was used to doing for so long. But some things about the game yesterday that I am a little concerned about. Right, we missed a lot of tackles. They yeah, got yeah. through a lot, and then our defense, they had a lot, at least two or three opportunities where they could have picked it off and oh, went. Yeah. Xavier Howard had one of those last. Yeah, week. there was a couple Baltimore, of pick sixes. Was one of that last drive, not the last drive. The the. Second they also had pick sixes that they dropped. So yeah. it was like, you know, people say our defense, our defense. Yeah, our defense held them to, you know, what, 19 points and everything? 17. 17. Not counting the safety. So that's concerning. Um, our offensive they, they, line. They put 40 points up on a Super Bowl, Super Bowl defense oh, yeah. in the Rams and a very good Titans defense as well. So our defense, yes, they it was a lot of bend, don't break. Yeah. Mm. Um, they were out there for a while, and they were out there for a long time. But oh, here's yeah. the thing: you can't discount that. But here's oh, the thing, yeah, no. and here's the thing: I was watching this on TV. The Bills' offense was more winded than the defense of the Dolphins. Yeah. They were well, yeah, because they played. There was one play, football. and I mentioned it to Hori this mo- early this morning. All right, somebody. This was probably the, the the when they were going down and they missed it on fourth and goal. That. When they were closer to the end zone where you were, the, the east end zone where you guys were sitting, mm-hmm. 
that one guy goes down with cramps. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all the bills like start falling like flies. The heat, heat exhaustion. The heat exhaustion. Stefan Stefan Diggs. I don't know if you noticed this in the stadium. He took himself out of the game multiple times. No, one know. time he was he he caught a pass. He was you could tell he was cramping. What he did was to give his team a breather. He fell down on the white yeah, of I the sideline. I saw that. So that they would the officials would call a timeout. So this was like they had I mean, so I'm saying all right, when there's a blizzard in, in Buffalo in late December when we play them. I want a ten minute you know, hot chocolate I, break. I, 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 here's the thing. <laughs> you know, come Most on. Most of these guys, let's be real. Most of these players for both teams, they're from Dayton Broward. Yep. They went to all these public schools. They went to American you, Heritage. You, a lot of UM guys on, on, on the yes. Bills. So they, from age, what, four to eight? Yeah, but Ashley, but if you haven't done, if you haven't practiced it like we have, Us. you have to Consensus. you have to condition yourself. And and I I, I I don't know this for sure. I always we called it the Nick Saban Memorial Bubble up, up in Davie when they built that mm. because we lost a little bit of our edge because we started whenever it would rain, we'd practice in there. So we couldn't learn how to practice in the rain. Yeah. When it was too hot, we'd practice in there. So now I don't know if Coach McDaniel is, coach, is, is, is playing them more outside, even though we have an is. inner facility. You could see the conditioning of the Dolphins is so much better. Yeah. Yes, were they exhausted afterwards? Yes. Are we worried about a Thursday night turnaround? Yes. Yeah. So, but there was... All the little things. Now, turning point in the game, we're trailing, and Tua has a third and twenty-two. Third and twenty-two in the fourth quarter. I Father Andrew's watching. We, we didn't finish watching the game because he had a baptism. I said, just throw it up in the air as far as you can and have Cheetah or Waddle come into it. He didn't throw it up in the air. He no, threw he a, dropped a dart yeah. to the five-yard line into Waddle's hands. Bullet. I mean, it was just and that was right amazing. in front of us. But talking about Tua, right? Like. Oh, you want to go? You want to go into that? I think it's important. First of all, I think we are in agreement that Teddy Bridgewater cannot come in unless we're up by 20, 30 points. Well, the thing that's not Judge Teddy no, <laughs> on three but, plays. I know, but it was just he was so. Wild. No, it's 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 it's, t- it's also timing. Yeah. Teddy doesn't get the reps that Tua gets, that's so the fair. timing that t- notice the pre- also the precision he had to Craycraft on that touchdown. I love Craycraft. Was a total oh. bullet. I'm so. I haven't seen a team. bullet like that from Marino. Yeah. Teddy's also coming in cold there. He is. Like so he, it's, he's yeah. coming in on, right. on an injury. So you, it's, not like, you need, it's not like the coach is telling like, hey, you're going in next No, because uh, yeah, no, he came in hot. Yeah. Next series. At, if you've been there for pregame warm-ups, let's say Teddy has what two, the reps that Tua gets, because Teddy gets with the second team, yeah. you know, of getting the timing down with Cheetah, getting the time of tiding down, uh, timing down with Waddle. That's very difficult, especially when you're talking about precision plays that McDaniel yeah. draws up. It's very, very difficult. That's why it was so important. And everybody questioned about, oh, Tua got a concussion. Yes, it, it's very serious matter. But if they're saying there's an independent doctor. You were saying that. I've yesterday. seen this yeah. happen in person that the independent doctor takes the helmet away from the player. Player is griping. Even medical, you know, never saw our doctors complain because usually we're in agreement. But yeah. the players are screaming, but the helmet's taken away. When Tua, you sent me the video. I didn't know Tua was coming back. And you sent me the video from the stadium. Yeah. That Tua was on the sidelines, and he was hyped up, but he didn't have a helmet on. My father, I sent him to my father, and my father said he doesn't have his helmet on. But thank God he came back in because yeah. we would not have won that game with Teddy Bridgewater behind center. You know. And and Buffalo, yes, they had a ton of injuries. I love all the excuses that Bill fans are making today. Okay, like they've never played here. Oh, it's too hot. The one that you said, oh, it's an OSHA a, a violation. violation. Excuse me. We played them the second game of the year last year. 
Yeah. Down here. Same temperature. They whooped us. Whooped us 35 to nothing. You know, second or third play of the game. He he had to hesitate on the word choice. I helped him. (laughs) Hey, shout out to Sanders, though. You know, Sanders has been perfect through three games. Her crush on Jason Sanders. You know, he just doesn't. Well, the Bills kicker missed that kick. Yeah. That was wild. But Sanders, he's just so consistent for us. You know, he reminds me of like, and I don't want to say the word, but I'm going to say it, an Adam Vinatieri. You know, Adam Vinatieri goes up there. Keep going with Adam (laughs) Vinatieri. No, because these kickers are so crucial, and we're just so lucky to have a consistent kicker. I think Lou should be worried about uh, about Sanders. But he didn't kick a field goal yesterday. But seriously, he didn't kick a field goal yesterday. I know, but I'm just saying, like, he's just, he's just, I'm so confident in him and knowing if it ever comes down to it, Father, we have a great kicker. May come down on Thursday. I mean, what do you think about Thursday? Thursday? Cincinnati? I mean, listen. Do they leave today? What do they leave? Uh, no, they would leave on Tomorrow. Wednesday. They would leave Wednesday. Wednesday, okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's a night game, so they have 44 a, degrees all of Thursday. They're calling for really. Yep. Uh, wow, the Barkers early. who adore you, um, Mama Barker and Chris. Oh Parker, yes, absolutely. Yeah. They said, "Huh, oh, the weather's going to be 44 degrees and cold because they go to every game." So oh, they said, "44 yeah. degrees." Tell them I said hello. I will. They yeah. ask about you all the time. Um, but 44, we're looking at for a Thursday night game. Yeah, they're, they're they're a great fan. So no, that was that was actually our, the first road game when I was a team. We got a victory, and it was just so wonderful to flight back. It was great. It is not an intimidating place, the jungle, quote unquote. It is. It's a. It's a nice stadium. It's like remember. When, I remember in Cincinnati, you know, I had the pin, you know I I would come out of my clerics and I had a, the dolphin pin on. Uh, they, you know, they're they're talking. I'm in the elevator in the hotel and they're I'm, they're talking smack. I'm like, and uh, how many Super Bowls have you won? No, you didn't. I did. With your as I walked out, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, so bad. yeah. So. It was a great game. So how do we win on Thursday? What do I, we do? I don't know. I don't even know if they have a line uh, for Thursday yet because I see I see it this way. How do you recover from the high of this game? How healthy are we? Mm-hmm. How, because the Bills did not recover from their Monday night game. You know that, that they had, but that was a little longer. It was two yeah. days longer. This is a very very short week. Very but the good thing is that. When we have a, like a, what they call a mini buy, we have ten days before we play the stinking Jets. So yeah, Cincinnati th- minus three. So so it's it's awesome. It, yeah, because yeah. three points you get for the, being the home team. They are the AFC champs. I've said it from the beginning. I don't trust their offensive line. We were getting great pressure on Allen yes. with four rushers yesterday. So if we get in Burrow's face, make life uncomfortable for him. If Tua and his receivers, they weren't on the field long, so they they're fresh. Yeah. That's a good thing. Chase Edmonds looked great. Everybody, nobody's talking about that. Yeah. Chase Edmonds looked great. I love him well, in Hold on, guys. I, t- I need a time. I need to go drink some water. Oh, here we go. He's cramping up on us. Oh, He's cramping up. He's no. cramping up. Chase and Mostert have been such a, a blessing to our team. Mm-hmm. Great additions. And I love how Coach McDaniels, yeah, you have your wide receivers. You have Waddle. You have two, um, Waddle and you have Hill. Gasicki didn't get a lot of touches yesterday. No, but but mind you, there were only thirty nine. There were only thirty nine point thirty nine plays. So we're gonna we win ran. on Thursday, Father. What's the story? I I think we I think we go out up. So we're the, going up there and, now. I think we go up there and get it done. And sure. are we winning this AFC East now that we beat the Bills? <sighs> still a lot, a lot of, of still a lot of season left. If you I were mean, to say right now on September, like if I had to set a line for that for that uh, late season, I think in the second and last game of the season. I don't know if it's the Patriots or the Bills. We play them in, in week, December. Week 15, I think Yeah, it is. we play them in, in, in cold weather. Yeah. I would place that line at probably Bills minus seven at least. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, again, there's a lot of season left. Got to take into account injuries. Yeah. You know, we don't have the sturdiest of quarterbacks, as yeah. we saw yesterday. 
Uh, that and that worries me. It really does. Uh, but not much else worries me. You know, confidence meter is at an eight and a half, nine with the Dolphins right now. I got one more question for you. Sure. Mike McDaniel, has there ever been a first-year coach? I don't know the answer. I'm going to look it up, but I don't know. Who has started the season 3-0 and as a first-year Jimmy Johnson. Okay. When he was with – that was the only coaches in Dolphin history. That Jimmy started Johnson 3-0 as a new started coach. Started in 96 as, you know. And, um, How far did he get there? Uh, Jimmy John. I don't. I we. I think we made the playoffs last. That I don't remember if we made the playoffs that year. Yeah. Now we've started three and zero. Uh, three, uh, four years ago in 2018, and we didn't make the playoffs. That was with that was Gase? the last that no. last season of Gates. Yes, yeah. Uh, that was the, the year of the Miami Miracle. Um, one of my years in 2013, we started three, and then with the third game we won with the Indianapolis. It was a shootout between Tannehill and 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 Andrew Luck, which was amazing. And that was a huge win. One of my favorite stadiums in the NFL. Oh, nice. uh, you know, Lucas, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Stadium yeah. And because uh, I had my own locker. So that was fun because, you know, just it was a beautiful stadium. and It was a big win. But none of the Dolphin teams since Marino that started 3-0 and have made the playoffs. But this team is different because of the teams we've beaten. Patriots, Ravens, Bills. We possibly could no, have we, lost all those games. Those we, are tough games. And I said it on this podcast when we did the NFL preview. We go four. No, we could go in. We could go in four very easily. You yeah. saw both of you saw yesterday how paper thin the margin is between winning and losing. Yes, the I'm, I'm suffering in my pick'em because of that paper yeah. thin margin. I'm, I'm, I'm doing. Only, I'm first in picks this week. It's only us, Philadelphia, and the Giants. The so Giants will play tonight. Yeah. So jail, the Alabama quarterbacks are doing pretty good. I say. Uh, to go around the league really quickly, the Patriots. Mac Jones, high ankle sprain. He does doesn't Looks look bad. good for the. They lost to the Ravens at home. Uh, Tampa Bay and Green Bay can't play a normal game. Ugh. I mean, it was, thankfully Tampa Bay lost. You know, they, they tried at the end to tie it with the two point you know, touch yeah, on two point conversion. I had Tampa Bay. Man. Yeah, you see, but you know they're not. They're, the big game this weekend. Tampa Bay goes to Kansas City. Very big game. Uh, Denver and Seattle. I mean, sorry, Denver and and San Francisco. What was that? That was awful. Just an awful, awful game. <laughs> but around the league. Kansas City losing to Indianapolis. Jacksonville going to to uh, Los Angeles. And no one had. I mean, Jackson. nobody, no, nobody no. beating the Chargers. So all that talk about Herbert. This, I mean, yes, he's injured ribs, and he's a warrior. Tua right now, looking pretty good. Looking pretty good. Uh, he had media days today. Oh, I can't wait. Training camp starts tomorrow. Can you imagine if the Heat have just. As an amazing, if not more amazing season than the Dolphins, we're going to be like... It's going to be fun. They're going to need like royalty here. We're going to be coming mm-hmm. in with like red carpet. Our heads are going to be... And then big news um, coming out of Marlins Park oh, yesterday. Oh, baseball done. But we, it's stuff that, you know, we've known. That should happen. Cue the ago. trumpets. No, stop. So who comes in now? Do we get uh, like... No, Joe somebody, Torrey you know, somebody like- suggested me a very good uh, option who's out there, who's always had a history of making... The most out of young talent, which is Joe, Joe Madden. Madden. Yeah. Interesting. Joe Madden. I think that would be an interesting choice. I mean, would but Joe Madden don't come cheap. No. I mean, not to say that Donnie Baseball, but well, you know, was cheap, but still, it's not about the manager. We I was need. hearing. Uh, I was hearing a lot of Mel Stottlemyre too. Oh. Pitching, pitching has been good. So yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting off season for Aaron the Marlins. It, it ends. Uh, 
Judge is still stuck at 60. What He'll do it tonight because he's going to get the pitcher. In Toronto. Who he's hot against. So yeah, and, and then he goes tonight. to Baltimore, which he always he smokes the ball. on deck when the rain started. Yeah, no, I had a friend who was oh. at that game. And, and it actually stayed. <laughs> no, the thing is that they, they, they held out and said that that pace was packed. Because usually people leave in droves when it starts raining. Yeah. But everybody was still there. You got to see it. And area. there was no way they were going to start. There was the amount of rain coming in the New York area. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, it started raining around, around 10 o'clock-ish. Or nine thirty ish, and yeah. it was like there's no way they're they gonna come back. So you know, it's like that Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols. Nobody know. made it to seven hundred. He really did. He's excellent. There's one big elephant in the room we haven't mentioned, and we don't have to mention. You know. Oh. No. What happened on Saturday? No, Saturday no, was my party. Saturday we had a party. We had a party. Was good. I had a little bit of pool but, time. Maybe. Good day, Saturday, right? Gotta be concerned, folks. Just you know, eat a little crow because oh. we all said the game would be over by four o'clock, and it was. It was. For the other team. But no, I think Mario will fix it. Just that we don't have the horses. We don't have the horses. We don't have the horses. So and great. have Duke next week, right? No, no. We have a bye week. Every bye week. Bye week. So, so Saturday and Sunday, we North don't have Carolina no football. And then Virginia Tech. At Virginia Tech. Yeah, Virginia Tech lost to Old Dominion. We lost to Middle Tennessee State. Yeah. So mm-hmm. can't, can't, you know, FSU game is going to be interesting. Yeah. I don't, I think they're overrated. Oh yeah, very overrated. You just broke the hearts of Four some no. of your listeners. Well, Four we'll, no. we'll find out this weekend. They get uh, they get NC Come, State. Yes, they do. That's a good tenth game. ranked. I think tenth yeah. ranked NC State. A little love for Kansas, man. Undefeated, had a sellout crowd to play Duke. Yep. Something that we can't do down here. There nope. was no, and that's the thing. The atmosphere there for that game. I know it was raining before the game, and it's Middle Tennessee State in the middle of September. It wasn't the first game of the year. So stop, you know. Scheduling all these patsy, schedule more ACC games early, and we'll, we'll fill the stadium. You know that's that's where that's where we're at. A uh, lot of stuff that we talked about this morning. I looking around the room, and I know the Panthers start this week. I think, I think Thursday. Wow. I, oh yeah. I have, yeah, to, yeah. Get, I have I, to get that in for CJ. We'll, we gotta we'll go text. to a game this year. We said last. No, no, year. we will go to a game this year. It's okay. Sophia uh, I know we said in Miami we couldn't make it in Miami work because there's only two games left. So. CJ Carly, let's make a pan. We'll, let, we'll pick a day. That'd Panthers be a lot game. Of fun. Let's go uh, on a Friday night or a Saturday let's night. Go. Let, let's do that or an, or a Sunday. Night. Well, we can't do Sunday nights because we have they have five thirty mass. But <laughs> but no, and also the Dolphins are playing. So yeah, yeah no Sundays. And we could do, but because we, going up there during 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 yeah, weekday we'll is just. No, go Saturday and yeah, we'll have a good time. It's it's a great time. Some man. I, mean, I haven't been there. The in a, I haven't been there in a long time. But yeah, all that's coming. Exciting times. The Dolphins, man. It's so great I'm, to be a Dolphins it's, it's, fan. No, I mean, this <laughs> is... I feel like I have, I have a crown felt, on my head. We haven't like, felt, I'm just royalty. We haven't this felt is... like this in, you know, in, in never, years. I I've never just... owned so much Dolphins gear. You'd be proud of me. There you go. I, I'm, I am very proud of <laughs> you. I've been a fan <laughs> since 08, and I've never had You're this kind of start. So it's, it's like when Marina was slinging around. So have a great day, everyone. Have a great week. We'll, we'll come back to you next Monday. Uh, you know, stay out of your comfort zone. You know, God always tells us to... Get out of our comfort zone. Challenge yourself. Challenge your spiritual life. Be cognizant of the people around you. Don't ignore them. Don't be that nameless face that is defined by your possessions. And always, always, always be mindful of the poor around you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.